Hello and welcome back to United United. Jem here. Dave is with me. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? I'm all right, Jem. I've uh, show the dedication that we put into this podcast. Uh, I've just done park run. I've pretty much run all the way home. Well, in my car, and uh, here I am, Jem. Just uh, about half an hour after finishing park run, you wouldn't see Callum Wilson do that. No, definitely not. That's dedication, Jim. I don't think he covers 5k on the pitch, does he either? <laughs> so, fair play to you, Dave. Fair play to you uh, and all the people that do the park run on a Saturday morning. Yeah, cheers. And I didn't even feel the need to do the Macarena when I finished. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it, Callum. Well, just before we start, as soon as we're on that subject, um, I saw them two confront each other on the podcast. Oh, really? For the first time since. Um, since the game, yeah, since the fateful game and the fateful goal, yeah, a bunch of idiots. <laughs> what do they have to say? Yeah, I think you know, he said, I should have come and celebrated right in front of you at yeah. Antonio. And he yeah. said, I would have chased you around the pitch and made sure I could celebrate. He said, I think the West Ham fans would have had something to say about that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Callum Wilson, just wind your neck in, would you, lad? Mm. Anyway, he, he obviously hasn't seen the water cooler incident. <laughs> he needs to be careful. Uh, but um, enough of that, because, mm. you know, we're the superior podcast here. Um, forget about them, them two. Them amateurs. Yep. Uh, where do we go this week, Dave? Well, I guess we... we should probably start where we left off at the end of last week, previewing the, the big... Derby in your house, uh, Man United Everton, the big yep. grudge match, and I guess your mum was cry- left crying at the end of it, Jim. Well, yes, you could say so. Um, the lineups came out, so obviously we were on air during the the lineups of Man United. But as I came off the podcast, off the recording last week, I noticed Sir Harry Harry Maguire was in the starting lineup, <laughs> and my mum sent a message. Uh, on on the family group chat saying, are you worried? I said, no, we're in safe hands now because Sir Slab is starting. So, um, and it, it was a rock-solid performance from from uh, Sir Maguire, mm-hmm. Sir Harry, because, you know, we could have been 5-0 up in the first half. And you, you would have thought, right, Everton coming to Old Trafford, you'd think the Toffees would make it quite a sticky game for us. But um, yeah. they did not. They did not at all. They were open. They could have had their own one or two goals, but we could have put eight, nine past them. Five at least in the first half. So, uh, a comfortable win for us. Um, but this is our problem. We don't take our chances. And uh, I'll get on to uh, not taking our chances. Will that come back to haunt you later in the week? Potentially, it could. <laughs> but, uh, yes, my mum isn't happy. No. Um, but, but... At least she hasn't got lamp pressure anymore. Because uh, <laughs> in, in, at least with Sean Dyche, she has a bit of faith. Yeah. Uh, whereas my brother's not got much uh, faith with his club at the minute. What about you, Dave? Um, it seems like against all the odds, <laughs> um, you know, West Ham were travelling to a local team, Fulham, just down the road. Uh, well, I say down the road. It's, you know, it's, it's fairly close, but it pr- yep. still probably take. The amount of time to drive from your area to to Fulham, yeah, uh, than it'd take me to get from Chesterfield to London. So, 
that's pretty um, much pretty much spot on, Jim. It'd probably take about two and a half hours if you try to drive from East London to West London. There's no quick way, uh, and you could probably yeah get all the way down to Portsmouth probably from Chesterfield in that time. <laughs> so yeah, Jim, this was a an a West meets East London derby. Fulham upwardly upwardly mobile club, although recently downwardly mobile after the Mitrovic uh, punishment. And we went there in hope, more in hope than expectation, Jem. But what a performance, Jem. West Ham are back. The double is still on. In Moyes, we trust. A solid 1-0 victory, Jem. Solid 1-0 victory. We weren't hanging on at all. And only tarnished, Jem, by one thing. Uh, my son, Charlie, who people will remember from the podcast last uh, last week, he decided to have a little wager on a 2-0 West Ham win. He also bet on Fulham to win, just to cover his cover himself. But a 2-0 West Ham win. And I think it, the odds were 20-1, to 1, Jim. 20-1 oh. to 1 for a 2-0 win. And he got his money on. And 1-0 up, last minute. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> Corne clean through. Simple square ball to Ben Rama for a tap-in to make it 2-0. And what does Corne do? Shoots. <laughs> shoots at the keeper <laughs> saved and uh, and that was that Jem I can't even think of an ice cream joke I screamed I screamed Jem <laughs> when I heard that on the radio Corne missing that um, really flaky player and Jem uh, I think that's not the only news we have of Maxwell Corne this week yeah there was a bit of concern in uh there was an injury scare, wasn't there, in the lead-up to your yeah. Conference League game against the gentleman, uh, the gentleman <laughs> from Ghent. Uh, but we saw a very concerning video online, Dave, of a big Rottweiler chasing after Maxwell Corney Indeed. In the training ground. It turned out to be the softest Rottweiler you've ever seen. <laughs> he just wanted to play. But Maxwell Corney, uh sprinted off. He did. And... A lot of West Ham fans were concerned that he may have pulled another hamstring or <laughs> his groin might have gone. Uh, it turned out it was uh, Ariola's, Alphonse Ariola's dog, Dave, that was chasing him. So maybe Ariola's got something against Corne. We don't know. Maybe there's something there that we, uh, well, we haven't noticed. Maybe it's new training methods at West Ham. I think Moyes has put training in, uh, the pl- players in charge of training. So what they're doing, they're all bringing their big dogs in to chase each other. And uh, honestly, it's worked because that was the fastest I've seen Corne run this season. And honestly, if he'd have run that fast against Fulham, he'd have easily been able to go around the keeper and square the ball to Ben Rama for the tackle. So it could work, Jem. Let's watch this space for West Ham's future performances. We are um, away. No, we're at home to Arsenal this Sunday. Big match on the telly, 2pm. Easy three points. Easy three points. And I'm exactly, Jem. And... You know, what, what do I wish for in that game? I think if we can keep the, the goal difference down, if we can lose 1-0, I'd be happy. I actually would be delighted with a 1-0 defeat. I mean, I sincerely sincerely mean that. A 1-0 defeat to keep our goal difference. Because our goal difference is worth an extra point down there. Hmm. So a 1-0 defeat, I think, would be a really, really solid result for West Ham. Well... Are you going to the game, Dave? I'm not. No, I've managed to give the tickets away to some fool who wants to go. So they, he can watch the clowns. He can watch the circus. Uh, Fair friend, enough, then. My friend Kevin, he can watch Fair the enough. circus. You know, you, you know, 
you're a man of your word. You know, <laughs> you predict you're going to lose, and you say, you know what, I'm not going to go to the game. So <laughs> that's fair play. So that was West Ham so far. There's another story for West Ham later on. We'll get to the European games later. Uh, yeah. And but you know, I can I can. It's a bit of a spoiler, Gem. I can just say that the the double is still on. The double is still on, and we'll come to how that could all pan out in future seasons as well later on. Mm. Uh, it was actually a bit of a negative result. I think last week you were hoping for championship football next year, but with three points, that um, sort of didn't help. It didn't help. It didn't help the owners' cause, but I think um, they've kept the right man in place and we'll see results uh, deteriorate this weekend. <laughs> well, actually saying that, uh, with the teams that we've just battered, Fulham and Everton, they face each other today, I think, at three o'clock. So uh, it's like we just knock teams into a, you know, like a third, fourth playoff. And we'll play <laughs> That's what it is. We'll see who comes out top in the third, fourth playoff. And of course, West Ham and Man United are playing uh, top two. Us top two are playing um, in uh, a couple of weeks, I think. I believe so, yes. Three weeks on a very strange time. I don't know if you've heard about this. 7 p.m. on Sunday. <laughs> What's that all about? Yeah, I don't know. So, no, just so yeah, that's fixture. The fixture. Um, it, I think it's something to do. There's some event going on in London that weekend. I don't know. Some something there... event. Yeah, yeah. yeah not, not interested. Um, so yeah, not interested in that. But uh, anyway, there's another big event going on in Cardiff that weekend, isn't there? There is much more important than. Uh... Big international team that we don't like to talk about, gold medal winning team that we don't like to talk about our involvement in, but um, yep. they will be performing in a European Championship at, uh, on the seventh of seventh uh, of May. So what's yep. that place? Anyway, back to the football, Gem. Uh, any other results that caught your eye from the weekend last weekend? Well, I think it's only fair that we go to this game for Ian, and you know. They were away at Leeds and, and, and people questioned the decision of sacking Vieira and bringing in Roy Hodgson. Mm. Uh, Dave, I don't know if... I can't remember now if you were one of them people that questioned Vieira. I, I, I can't remember. Something along the lines. But <laughs> they came out 5-1 winners at Leeds and it was pretty sensational, actually. The goals, the goals just kept going in. I think Leeds were 1-0 up or something like that. Bam, Bamford went... Put them on so um, yeah, I mean that's two from two uh, for for Roy. Uh, Dave, I just want to get your thoughts because I know you've got something to say about Vieira. Well, Jem, you know I said two years ago uh, that Vieira was a fraud. I said he was the next Frank de Boer. He wouldn't last five games. Okay, he lasted about a hundred games, but we'll, we'll skirt, skirt over that little detail, Jem. And, of course, he was eventually found out. His methods were eventually found out. And, Jem, all it took to find him out was a 76-year-old pensioner <laughs> coming back. They set up his deck chair on the touchline at Leeds, sat him in it, and a masterclass from Roy. A masterclass from Roy. It all, basically, he got the same players, but got them, but just basically told them to go and score some goals. I mean, it was so simple. And this is what uh, Palace and Ian, our good friend Ian, had been missing with Vieira all these years, these last two years. Two wasted years. The lost years, they will be called. The lost years. Because Palace are back. Palace are charging up the table. 
and it just shows you it's just basically revealed what a fraud Vieira was. <laughs> uh, I find that amusing for some reason. <laughs> it's just how much power you can have now after everything you were saying. <laughs> how much power you have now. Well, yeah. Found out by a pensioner, Jim. That <laughs> says it all, doesn't it? I can assure you, listeners, that this will not be the last time that uh, Vieira is mentioned on this. Oh, team. let's hope he gets rehired somewhere. <laughs> let's hope he gets rehired. <laughs> Talking of rehiring, I think we've got to look no further than Leicester City. <laughs> now, I think as Charlie and I discussed last week, we're looking for three teams worse than West Ham. That, that's that's well, that's what we're pinning our hopes on. It's not the results. It's not West Ham's results. It's are there three teams worse? Now, we're pretty sure Southampton's one of them. Uh, they lost 4-1 at home to City. And then the next candidate that's starting to appear, Leicester City. Mm. Lost 1-0 at home to Bournemouth. I mean, yep. I saw the highlights of this. What a shambles of a game from Leicester. James Madison, a good assist for Bournemouth's goal, got to say. Picked out the Bournemouth player really well. Uh, Billings, Philip Billings. Mm. Um, lovely finish from him. And uh, Bournemouth, nil, Bournemouth won Leicester nil at Leicester. And then Leicester decide, right, OK, we definitely can't leave the guy who was temporarily in charge in charge. We need to get a solid manager with Premier League experience, somebody who knows what it's like to be in a relegation battle, somebody who knows what it's like to take teams down, step forward, unbelievably, Dean Smith. I mean, and it's... An old friend of yours. An old friend, yeah. And... It's, you know, he's a championship manager. We've said this many times. And what was incredible about this, the Leicester fans, because there was a rumour at the weekend that Leicester were going to get Jesse Marsh, wasn't it? That, that was the rumour. Yeah. That was the hot rumour that they were talk, in talks with Jesse Marsh. And, of course, the Leicester fans were like, no, anyone but Jesse, not Jesse. We don't want Jesse. Be careful what you wish for, Leicester, <laughs> Leicester fans. Because in steps Dean Smith. I mean, does this club just want to get relegated? Jim, what, what what are your thoughts? Uh, well, you know what? I, I know you're not going to like this, but I haven't got a lot against Dean Smith. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I thought he did it. You know, I, I remember his. I remember him from Brentford when he was getting him from League One to Championship to Premier League, and that that impressed me. And then I thought he did all right at Villa. He did he did okay to start with, and then it started to crumble a bit. But you know, they signed idiots. Like Patino and all that rubbish, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's a weird one. He went to Norwich last season, mm. was it last season, and got them really well. He didn't get them really good, they were already gone, but um, yeah, he turned up there, didn't he? He's yeah, one of these managers uh, that whatever club he, he turns up at, like Norwich or Leicester, you think, has he managed them before? He's like always seems to be at these types of clubs, doesn't he? He does, crazy, they're not, they're not, they're not top tier clubs. Mm. They're not bottom clubs. They're mid. They're just mid clubs. Mm. But you know what? Anyway, David. You know Dean Smith. We forgot about his assistant. John Terry is back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, John Terry's followed him there, and. Uh... Well, you know what, Dave? They've got an easy game to start with. Anyway, they're um, you know first game. That's what you want. New manager bounce. Get three points on the board and start off the way at. Man City. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. 
I cannot wait. <laughs> so, yeah, I wish Dean Smith well in his quest to relegate Leicester. Thank you. Sacked in the morning, sacked in the morning. That is actually the half past five game tonight, Dave. So um, oh, we'll be able to put our feet up and enjoy that one. I will definitely be putting my feet up and, and tucking into that one, Jim, that's for sure. Yeah. So that was a that was an interesting one. Uh, the, I suppose we should mention uh, another team with a new manager. We mentioned them earlier. Your your brother's team, Chelsea. <laughs> new manager bounce possibly here, Jem. Uh, away to Wolves. So a very winnable game. Wolves struggling. Chelsea with a squad of about two hundred and fifty players can't all fit in Stamford Bridge. Those players, <laughs> let alone the dressing room. <laughs> Um, and uh, surely this was a chance at Wolves for Chelsea to, uh, for Lampard to stamp his authority and for Chelsea to get off to a flying start. Uh, you'd think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, like I mentioned before, my brother has now got lamp pression. Um, I mean, I don't know what it was before, you know, potter pression or something, I don't know. But I, he's, he's gone to another level. Mm. Um, he is... This is what I've always wanted. I've always wanted this because you know what? He's laughed at me, and I laughed at him when they had that weird season with Jose when they were doing bad, but then they brought it back, um, and then it never continued. But this, I can't see them, you know, turning this around in the next year or so. I can't. I, I can't see them going for the league at all. But. Uh, it's fantastic, Dave. It's absolutely fantastic. This the first thing you said to me after the Wolves game was, "It's typical, isn't it? It's charity Chelsea, the circus of Chelsea." <laughs> I think it was, was it Nuno. What's it? What's his name? The guy who scored um, Nunes, nu, Matthias Nunes. Uh, he scored an absolute worldie yeah. against them, and he, he doesn't. He doesn't score. He, he hardly scores a goal. And he scores this absolute worldie against Chelsea. He says it's typical. You know, when a team needs something or a player needs something to boost their confidence, step up Chelsea, we'll give you that. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> we need to, Ali, if you're listening, um, I'm going to invite you in person anyway, but you need to come on this podcast and give us your thoughts about uh, Lampard and Chelsea. And Todd Bowley. Todd Bowley's the one. That's the one I want to hear about. Yeah, let's get Ali on the podcast. And I think Lampard said after this game that he'd like to think that he could be in the running to be the permanent manager next season. <laughs> and then he said, but seriously, I don't think I'm going to last the next eight games. <laughs> and But they had a chance for redemption in midweek, didn't Jem, didn't they? Because they were away to Real Madrid. Now, if they could get a result here, Jem... You know, they could be this. They've got this thing, haven't they, Chelsea, of sacking a manager near the end of the season and then winning the Champions League. Mm. It happened a couple of times in their history. Tuchel and who was it before that? Um, Di Matteo. Di Matteo, yes. So, you know, that was the most unlikely win. And here we go Lampard away to Real Madrid, get a result, get a draw maybe, or a narrow defeat, take it back to Stamford Bridge. And then the magic of the, uh, of, you know, the midweek. Champions League game under floodlights. Who knows what could happen? And what happened at Real Madrid? As you'd expect. <laughs> Two nil. Uh, you know what? If they could have kept it at one, mm. I would have fancied them in the return. Mm. Now I think, uh, you know what? I, I think there was some funny stat. I think both their managers that you just mentioned, I think in the is it uh, the quarterfinals um, of both their runs to the final. They were down in the first leg or something like that. Right. So history is on Lampard's side here, Dave. 
Uh, it's a shame they haven't got him as a player in in his prime. Yeah, I think they would have uh, easily walked past Real Madrid. But yeah, well, I can't wait for the return leg. So, I can't uh, wait either. I, you know what? Even at two 0 they, they have a they have a slight chance. They have a slight chance. It's not over, but because Real Madrid aren't amazing, they, mm. they've they've been up and down this season. Mm. The fifteen points behind Barca in the league. You know, Barca, Dave, mm. who Man United beat. <laughs> <laughs> that that's rapidly turning into a farmers league. That that Spanish league. It is that La Liga. Um, but yeah, uh, Ali. We need you here. Yeah, let's get we? him on. We need I, you I, here. And just to top it off, Todd Bowley's little interview after, after he came out of a uh, restaurant in Madrid, mm. predicting 3-0. Yeah. Um, well, he nearly got it right, didn't he? He did. He nearly. to Real. <laughs> a bit like me, predicting scores <laughs> from West Ham. I have one more game to go to from the weekend, Dave, Yeah, before we go midweek. Mm. Uh, um, funny game, this. So Spurs Brighton, oh. and before the game had even kicked off, we already had a bit of a scrap on the touchline. Uh, some comments made by Stellini in his uh, pre-match com- news conference uh, about about De Zerbi, about you know Graham Potter had provided him with this great foundation. That's why yeah. he's doing a great job. And then the two Italians were at it on the touchline before the game had even started. They had to yeah. be separated. Uh, I'll, I'll let you mention a lot of the other things in the game, but I think he got to the 56th minute and um, both managers were sent to the stands. Yeah. So, uh, 51. What was amazing about that, Gem, and this is, I, I've only seen a few clips of this, but apparently, it, yeah, as you say, there's, there's bad blood between these two, uh, these two managers, I think from their playing days. Uh, and, so this all simmered on before kickoff. There was a bit of a scrap, as you say. And then during the game, the Spurs coaching staff got involved with Deserby and the Brighton coaching staff. And I can, you can only describe it as a melee took place. A lot of pushing and shoving. And what was funny was Stellini just stood there with his arms crossed looking the other way. Didn't get involved. Didn't tell his, didn't tell his um, coaching staff to back off either. He just didn't get involved and just stood looking the other way. And then the ref came over and he sent off Deserby and Stellini. And the reason Stellini gets sent off is because he's responsible for his coaching staff. Absolutely brilliant. And then they go off down the tunnel together, still still scrapping. Yeah. Love to see it. Love yeah. to see it. Love it. Unfortunately, we didn't love to see the result. We did not, Jem, because this was a varsical game, an absolutely varsical game. Yep. When you analyse Brighton, uh, gem and we don't you know what do we feel about Brighton well you know they play good football except except they always beat West Ham so do we like them don't we like them but anyway gem shirt pull on dunk that was should have been a penalty Mitoma foot trodden on by Hoiberg definite penalty and in fact so much of a definite penalty that Howard Webb has had to come out and apologize to Brighton again hmm. um Handball that wasn't handball. Handball that wasn't handball. It was a whole, the whole T-shirt line when Matoma controlled it on his sort of shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then lovely finish. And then and Spurs didn't even appeal. And then VAR oh. get involved. It's a conspiracy gem. Handball against McAllister. And the shot deflected in, maybe off his elbow, but oh. maybe off his hip. Um, VAR overturned that because they had clear evidence, but didn't look clear to me. 
And then there was a handball against, was it Lenglet in the first half where it crossed yeah. up his arm? And that yeah. was that was dismissed. So a conspiracy gem. And uh, just on the VAR, uh, before we get to the result, because I've got something to say about the result and the scorers as well, on the VAR. Um, so Howard Webb spoke to Brighton and admitted that they sh- he should have the Seagull should have had a penalty for that one. Then um, we had other incidents that... Uh, uh, in, in, there's another incident actually in that game. Sorry, I was just looking at my notes here. When the score was at 1-1, that was the penalty incident that was waved away. And then Harry Kane went down and went down the other end and scored the goal to, to win 2-1. And I'm going to come back to Harry Kane in a minute. And then in previous games, there was the, uh, the VAR error in the Crystal Palace game for Brighton, where the didn't the ref, didn't somebody draw the wrong line? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see that. Um, yeah, the offside line was placed in the wrong position against Palace. So that was Brighton got a goal chalked off when they should have scored. Um, and then in January, there was Fabinho should have been sent off for his challenge on Evan Ferguson in the FA Cup. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they've been the worst affected club, Brighton, by in the Premier League by VAR. Uh, they've only had two overturns in their favour and eight against all season. Mm. So and it carried on. It carried on in this game. It's a conspiracy against Brighton, or it's a conspiracy for Spurs, Gem. And who scored for Spurs? Who who was the winning goal scorer for Spurs? I've just mentioned him. Well, Harry he was Kane. the man that keeps scoring goals, Dave. Harry Kane. Uh, Harry Kane. Uh and it just keeps on adding to that record. And Dave, I know I've asked you about him a couple of weeks ago. And and you didn't give you know, you gave a bit of a biased answer, but now Dave, come on, he, he keeps proving the doubt is wrong. What do you think to him? What do you think to that goal scoring record? Jem, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. He's pathetic and it's pathetic. So, first thing to say is I was glad to see that he recovered from his eyelash injury from last week. Uh, they must have been treating that all week, but his eyelash recovered, thankfully, and he was playing in this game. So, that's, that's good. And then, you know, he gets a goal and he claims that he's extended the Premier League goal-scoring record. And that's just fraudulent, Jim. It's just, he's a fraud. That statement's fraudulent. Because I've looked up the stats, Jim. And do you know who the top goal-scorer in the Premier League is? (laughs) It's our old friend. And honestly, West Ham need to sign this player. Own goals. Now, own goals are setting a record that Harry Kane will never get to. They've... The own goals have scored over a thousand goals in the Premier League. Wow! Harry Kane's on a paltry what, two fifty or something? And maybe not even that many. Yeah, yeah. Thirty. Pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. And you know, Spurs go around saying, "Oh, he's the Premier League's top goal scorer." Own goals, Jim. Own <laughs> goals. And own goals have never scored a penalty, Jim. Never no. scored a penalty. All from open play. Own goals, goals. So that's that, Jim. That player. Own goals. That should be getting all the plaudits. And every time own goal scores another goal, Jem, I'm going to be celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, pretty... I didn't... I, you know what? I didn't even think about it like that when you mentioned the England one the other day. Mm. Uh, and over a 1,000 own goals. And it makes sense. But then when you said the figure then, I was like, what? But then it does make sense because... Wow. Well, Jem, my, the extent of my research to say over a thousand was a quick Google just before this podcast, and it came up with over a thousand. So, <laughs> I need to do something a bit more scientific to find the actual number of own goals. But 
I am I am led to believe by my good friend Google that over a thousand own goals have been scored in the Premier League, and I'm sticking with that. If, if it's on Wikipedia, it's reliable. <laughs> I'm going to use a chatbot to um, <laughs> to confirm it, Jem. Yeah. Uh, best Premier League striker of all time, own goals. So there we go, Jem, and uh, really pleased to see that. And Harry Kane can get back get back into his little box and keep quiet. Yeah, until he comes to Man United in the summer, and then uh, you can yeah. start liking him. Yeah, and if he can score a thousand goals, Jem, then I'll give him credit. <laughs> he can overtake own goals. I'll give him. I might give him some credit. But until right. he does, Jem, no no one is better than own goals. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see next season when uh, he's bagging them for Man United. Indeed. See what, see what thoughts are then? Uh, there's one more game. I've just it's just come up on my uh, on my schedule. Mm. Liverpool and Arsenal. Oh yeah. Uh, don't really know what I want to say about that, but I feel like we need to because it's Arteta versus Klopp. A bit of beef in the past that they've had. Yeah. There wasn't any in this one. No. Uh, well, not from the managers. Not from the managers. And actually not from just the players because <laughs> the officials got involved. They did. They did indeed. And you know what? At the time I thought I, I thought I thought people were never gonna believe me because I'm anti Liverpool. But at the time it just looks like Robertson's grabbed his arm, he's pulled his arm away, he said, Get off me and Yeah. That's that. But you know, Liverpool being Liverpool making a big meal of it. Robertson and Henderson, two unbearable people uh, running around trying to get the linesman sent off or whatever they were trying to achieve with that. With that. Um, it was quite embarrassing. It was. So for anyone that didn't see this, uh, Robertson goes up and confronts the linesman at half time, I think, wasn't it? As the players were coming off, as the linesmen were walking towards the referee, they form that little threesome as they walk off the two linesmen and the referee. Well, the two, the two, um, what do we call them now? The assistant referees. Assistant referees, yeah. Assistant because... to the referee. <laughs> well, the assistant referee. <laughs> uh, so, because we can have lines women as well. So, um, but anyway, this was a this was a guy, and Andy Robson confronted him, pulled pulled him, touched him. For which, by the way, eight-game ban. That's what we need to be seeing there. And then the lines, the the linesman just sort of casually elbowed Andy Robertson in the face. <laughs> and then Liverpool took exception to this, and uh, yeah, as you say, tried to get the linesman sent off, which would have been interesting. And now they're making a big deal of it. Uh, it's probably the yeah the, the biggest talking point in the game because as you say Jim what did we want from this game you know it did gladden my heart to see Arsenal go 2-0 up but then it sort of gladdened my heart to see Liverpool peg them back to 2 all mm. uh so it was one of those games where you know again we wanted a draw and multiple sendings off and maybe points deductions it was one of those types of games yep so yeah, and we almost had that we almost had that so and we might even get it we might even get something more when uh, the Andy Robertson linesman incident is fully investigated <laughs> So, yeah, bit of a funny one that one, Jim. But it uh, it looks like he's going to get no punishment, and they're just going to, you know, leave it now. Yeah, that, that's what it looks like now. So, um, I, but but it did make me laugh to see Alexander Sinchenko get megsed for the second goal mm. that Liverpool scored because oh, yeah, but by who? By Trent. Mm. By Trent. Um, but but you know, I, I love to see. Arsenal players crying, and I thought Zinchenko was basically doing after that because 
he's the guy that you know. Oh, we need to meet these standards. We don't let stupid things happen. He gets them in these little huddles during games when they go one nil down. I think, oh my god, what are they doing? Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So that was that game, and that we we are now watching perhaps the the Arsenal title bid disintegrate. It's starting. We've been predicting it for a while, and it's happening. It's happening. And Liverpool, their bid for mid-table obscurity is going very, very well. So, yeah. And it's going to continue tomorrow. Um, Arsenal's, Arsenal's downfall because they're playing a massive club. So, <laughs> Who have they got? They've got the one and only West Ham United. <laughs> I don't know if you'd forgot or something. I had I, forgot. I, I had forgot. Yeah, okay, good. I, th- I thought you had. I, I, I'm, I'm, trying not, I'm trying not to remember it. <laughs> but um, Well, you know, all I can say is we're not going to let Arsenal really improve their goal difference too much. Yeah. That, that's the plan for tomorrow. You're going to win. You're going to win. This is going to be the old Arsenal. You're more goal. optimistic. You're more optimistic than I am. And Liverpool, Gem, away to Leeds on Monday night. So we'll look forward to that one. But also, actually, Jem, actually looking at the fixtures for the league fixtures, you've got to go and chop down some trees on uh, Sunday afternoon. Yep, we have. Away to Forest. Yep. Forest, Jem, on a losing run. I think they haven't won a game for a while now. So, surely, Jem, you you know, you're not a charity club, are you? You're not going to let them win a game? Uh, No. Uh, I'm all for global warming, but a massive deforestation is coming. <laughs> um, we're going to tear them down. We're going to tear through them. And then we are going to march on to Sevilla the week after and win. And also beat Brighton in the semi-final of the FA Cup. Oh, which you're going to, I believe. Yeah, I am. I'm going to I'm going to wait. I'm going to see what the results are saying. <laughs> no, yes. Um so a big, got a few injuries. big week for Man. Yes, indeed, a big week for Man United. Starting actually in midweek this week. Um, this week just gone, where we had we're back to European football, mm. and we talked about Chelsea midweek. Uh, another game, another two games, one sort of minor game uh, in Seville in Spain. Uh, Man United in some sort of uh, what was it Europa League or something, and then the big game, uh, as you say, the gentlemen of Ghent against the mighty Hammers. Over in Belgium or France, we're not not quite sure where they come from, but because we keep getting that wrong. But anyway, I think it's Belgium and uh, the mighty Hammers gem. What a result! One-one. Well, it was it wasn't very gentleman of you, was it, to go there and take some take something from their place? Um, it actually broke our winning record, didn't it? Because we've had the longest winning streak of oh, any okay. of any English team in any European competition. Okay. I think eight wins or something. Right. So it broke that record, but it sets up beautifully for the return leg next uh, next time, Jem, uh, in at, at uh, the London Stadium, which I will be going to uh, to get us into the semi-finals of the Conference League, Jem. And this is set up beautifully for the double this season: relegation plus Conference League winners, which, as our good friend Ian suggested then means West Ham are playing in the Europa League next season and the Championship. We win the Europa League to go into uh, 
the Champions League and then do something that's never been done before, Jim. Play in the <laughs> Champions League and League One. Uh. It could happen. It could happen. So watch that space, Jim. We are going to make history. We are history makers. Yep. And surely, Jim, a draw, you know, getting a draw, uh, that's a good result, isn't it? Good, a good away draw. Um, um, and I'm sure Seville would have been hoping, hoping for a away draw. But honestly, after the first half performance, I didn't see the second half, Jim. After the first half performance, Man United put in against Seville. Surely they were out of sight by the end of it. Should I, I call them Man United? I should call them. Hang on. Let me get my pronunciation right. I could should call them Ombre Pecho. <laughs> Ombre Pecho United. Uh, or you need us. Um, surely, Jim, they were out of sight. I didn't. I missed the second half because I had to go out. But surely they were out of sight by the end of that game. Uh, no. <laughs> this this was Man United back in Ralph Rannick days. No, it wasn't even that. It was it was worse. Um, this was bad days. This was bad, 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 bad. Um, we should have been five 0 up easily. Sevilla looks like a team that had just been pulled out of the pub. They'd made up eleven players from the pub. Um, apparently, a couple of World Cup players, World Cup winners in that squad. Yeah, didn't look like, make it look like it anyway. Um, I, I was actually quite depressed after this game. I actually started to feel. I actually got a bit of lamp pressure. Uh, because we should have been so far ahead. And then, you know, Bruno got booked for blocking the ball. It hit his arm from an inch away and the ref booked him. Like, he'd... oh, honestly. I mean, referees in Europe, don't get me started because they are... Honestly, if I could mention what I want to mention, I'd be locked up. Um, they make me sick to my stomach. And... Bruno's now banned for the next leg and we do not play the same when we're without Bruno. And that, and, and then we subbed him off when we were 2-0 up and that showed mm. because um, we, we conceded two goals. And it was two goals from, yet again, the absolute star striker of everything, um, of, of England's, probably every team, every team's highest top goal scorer, yeah. own goals. Own goals. He's got two own goals. Own goals, what a lethal striker for Sevilla. Uh, fantastic, very clinically taken, and uh, to all gem, it's all to play for back in back in Spain. On to top it off, we've got um, Varane out injured for a few weeks. Yeah, but you've got your other centre half. Um, what's his name? The Argentinian guy. Surely, Gem. I didn't see the second half, so but surely he's he's your rock at the back. Well, yeah, the guy that's now out for the season as well. <laughs> so two injuries to our main centre halves, which means. We're probably going to have to see the return of Lindell Flop <laughs> and Sir Slab. Oh, just when it, the running gets, is getting interesting to the end of the season. Yeah. And that actually bodes well for West Ham on the 7th of May. Yeah. The 7pm game. Uh, we'd love to see those two at the back. My uh, recommendation would be to play Skamaka because Lindelof, if he has a guy that can leap, uh, it's game over for him. <laughs> so this 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 could be the game that Skamaka comes alive. Yeah, he's, apparently he's just going in for a knee operation, but uh, hopefully he can recover quickly. <laughs> even actually, even with one knee. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's still got a chance. <laughs> Odds are in his favour still. <laughs> uh. 
so yeah, I, I, I yeah, I'm a bit upset after that because yeah, upset, yeah. Martinez, I didn't, I didn't, I miss Martinez now. I already miss him. He's my favourite. So, well, Casemiro is back now at least. Ericsson is back, but Rashford is still injured. Shaw's injured. Mm. Top four isn't confirmed anymore. Well, don't let Spurs back in. That's all I'm saying. Well, we've got them soon, so we'll we'll try and do something over them. You might be a bit upset, Jim, but until you've experienced the despair of losing five one <laughs> at home to Newcastle with Callum Wilson doing the Macarena in front of you, you don't know what upset means. Well, Dave, I don't know. We lost seven nil to our biggest rivals. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe maybe I don't know what upset means. <laughs> Actually, I do, because that was the day, that was the day my gas got cut off. That was the day I had a gas leak. I could smell gas, like just a faint whiff of gas. And I phoned the phoned the emergency number and said, look, I can just smell this faint whiff of gas. And they sent someone around within the hour. And he said, yeah, you've got a, a there's a joint there that's just not tight enough or something. Um, you need to get that seen to. But, um, and he said, so, you know, that I said, can you do it? He said, no, no, I'm not here to do that. I'm just here to check it. He said, uh, and this was like a really cold, what, what day, what, what time of the year was that game? Sunday, it would have been start of February. Start of February, really, really cold day. And he said to me, I, I said, okay, well, I'll get that sorted out tomorrow. He said, yeah, I'm going to have to cut your gas, gas off today. This was at five, five o'clock on a Sunday. As Liverpool were banging more goals past Man United. <laughs> I just sat left there with no, no cooker, no heating. That Thanks, was the same mate. day we, uh, we had a trailer set on fire. That was the day. So you were we were both cursed. We were. I forgot about that because you texted me at about midnight and said, "Oh, you just had a disaster, hadn't you?" With the trailer in your. Where were you? What country were you in? Denmark. I was in Denmark watching yeah. Manu get thumped, and then waiting <laughs> seven hours, and then eventually when we set off, boom, tires blown, fire, get off. Okay. That was also minus one. So we both uh, we both must have been cursed, Dave. We were that day. That day we were. I can't even remember what West Ham did that day, but they probably lost. So what a <laughs> what a what a weekend that was. So we both we do know despair, both of us. Um, and don't worry, Jim. There's plenty more of it coming our way <laughs> in the next. Oh, actually, I'll tell you what day that was as well. That was the Brighton four West Ham nil day. <laughs> <laughs> What was the date? I've got to put that in my diary. Uh, I've just got it. I, I think it was it was the Sunday, maybe the start of February. So right. That, that was the day of. Right. We need to watch out for that day next year. Yeah. Listeners, exactly. We'll let you know what that date is because that not, that is not a good day. <laughs> it's a cursed day. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Um, so anyway, Jem, I think I've got nothing more to add to this nonsense. Nope. We look forward to the football. Uh, I think we've got an early kickoff. Uh, who is it? We have got Aston Villa v Newcastle. Oh, in an hour and a half. Okay. Well, we'll be tuning into that. Tuning in to watch my old friend Callum Wilson. See what he does. Yep. So, yeah, uh, and and yeah, a packed weekend coming up of fixtures and midweek. Uh, European Cup games and we'll be back next week to reveal what happened. Yep, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.